Blog Talk Radio. I am a certified Reconnection Healing Practitioner, Sound Therapist, 
and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so please feel free to join the discussion that hopefully is happening right now. We do keep an eye on the chat room. So if you have a question, post it, and we'll do our best to get your question on As an alternative, for those of you who are on the go and you simply cannot continue to listen online, please call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. And that way you can listen via phone or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are indeed driving about. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Write this down so you can check it out after the show because you do have to include the entire phrase, www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Do you feel as if you're being held back? If so, do you know what it is that's preventing you from moving forward? Do you feel like really stuck? My guest developed a nine-step process to help you identify what really is holding you back in your life so that you can let it go, move on, and allow yourself to fulfill your true purpose. Sidra Jaffrey is an intuitive healer whose gifts go beyond the five senses. She helps people to shift the issues holding them back in areas such as wealth, relationships, and well-being. The personal trauma of leaving her arranged marriage inspired her to develop the principles of awakening, nine steps that encourage healing and connection to our authentic self and potential. In Sidra's live event, the awakening, activating the truth of who you are, has moved thousands of people to create more of what they want in their lives. And you can learn more about her by visiting her site, www.sidrajaffreylive.com. S-I-D-R-A-J-A-F-R-I-Live.com. Hello, Sidra. Thank you so much for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am very well. Thank you, T, for having me on your show. Ah, it's it's just wonderful. I loved your book. It's, it's extremely interesting. It's everything we talk about all the time here on Energy Awareness Radio. And I thought perhaps we could start so that the listeners all understand where all this is coming from with your story a little bit. If you could tell us how it was that first you, you came into an arranged marriage, the trauma of leaving that marriage, and what inspired you to develop the principles of awakening. What inspired me um, the, to develop the principles of awakening was my own story because I believe um, everybody um, experiences awakening at some level. And sometimes when life is not working the way you want it to work, and, and you, for me personally, I went through depression and self-harm and, and sort of anxiety and no amount of external possessions was making me happy. You know, I was I was in an arranged marriage. I was 19 when I got married. Um, I had two beautiful boys. I lived in a nice house, a reasonably okay husband. It was almost like all the ticks were ticked and lights were on, but there was nobody home. And that's mm. when I looked inside and I realized that it's me who requires attention because all all the time 
uh, 10 years I was in, in a marriage and I was trying to make it work and I kept saying to myself, when I have a bigger house, I'll be happy. When I'm driving a Mercedes, I'll be happy. When I have a housekeeper, I'll be happy. And, and slowly and gradually, all these things started to come through, yet any, every, anything that's missing was me and my happiness. And that's when, um, after my last attempt of taking my own life, you know, when when that failed, and my mother taught me, you know, when nothing works, just pray. And I decided to pray and I say, you know, show me the way because there must be a better plan for me because all of my attempts to fix me is not working. And only then the words of my teacher who, who went found out, because I'm from Pakistan, I lived in Pakistan until I was 19. And only when I was 19, I moved to UK um, through marriage. And when he found out that I'm moving to UK, he said, you know, Sidra, there's so many people who have a dream to educate themselves and go abroad. And the universe is providing you with to be in a country which is hub of education. He said, leave everything, never leave learning. And those words, T, just came to me at the right time. You know the phrase they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears? And yeah. that's when it hit me and I decided to educate myself. And I, I, I made a pact with myself that, you know what, I will be a perpetual student of life. And that's, I still, I am. I still love reading, going on courses and evolving more because I believe that the final principle was a result of this education. Growth is inevitable, which I'll talk about later. Anyways, and then I decided to go on this soul searching. And I found out that I was living other people's lives. I was somebody's wife, somebody's mother, somebody's daughter-in-law, somebody's sister-in-law, and I wasn't me. And all this anger, this depression, which I was, which I was fighting with, and I and I thought it was my husband or it was my circumstances. When I really traced it back to the point of creation, I realized that actually my depression was coming from way before. It was when I was born a second girl, and my mum started crying, thinking, oh my God, this is another girl. And she really desperately wanted a boy. And I could physically feel in my mind's eye her being depressed and me taking on her depression, not even realizing it. That's what opened my eyes or all of my senses to the world of energy and recognized that, wow, energy contains information and energy follows thought. And energy cannot be destroyed, it changes forms, which means that all of my emotions are just energy in motion. And I might be living other people's emotions without even knowing. And that awareness literally transformed my life when I recognized that I have been taking on my mother's depression since I've been born. And the second I used a process, I was in a, in a, a timeline uh, therapy session then, and that's when I, the second I dissolved it and I let go of her depression, my life changed. Like, you know, they say a miracle session. That was my miracle session when I realized all my self-harm, my suicide was a result of me not being wanted. Does that make sense? And Yes, it does. And living with that belief because you didn't even, it was never spoken to you. You picked up on the energy, as you said, everything mm -hmm begins with energy yes. and, and yeah that's what inspired me to 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 go in this world and, and this quest of mastering the world of energy and i recognize that all life dwells 
you know in in time is all of it is translation of of energy our actions our words our destiny all it is 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 energy moving at a certain frequency so i decided to to harness that power and in that quest i discovered the principles the foundations i did a course in nlp eft reiki hypnotherapy you know there was a time in my life you name a course i'd either done a i read a book on it or have a certificate on it so i right. sort of I picked and cho- chose the ones which i felt worked the best for me and started um teaching people i, I trained as a hypnotherapist and i specialized in anxiety stress depression and weight loss and my clients started getting amazing phenomenal results with clinical you know with depression where when we go back in time and realize that actually the depression the point of creation of the depression sometimes is in the mother's womb where one out of four children are rejected before they're born you know because of unplanned pregnancy so mm-hmm. so that's when the ninth the birth of the principles came about and i recognized that we're all living certain beliefs certain programs and if we're sort of kind of letting go of the old belief we need to replace those beliefs with new empowering beliefs right because nature fills the void and that's why i believe these nine principles are the replacement foundations of our old life and up in an updated and upgraded manner where we can live a life of ease and grace and and fun did you where we have an acronym here awakening did you go through this entire process and realize as you were going through okay it is a process and then kind of write them down and develop the acronym after the fact or did you go through everything not even thinking about what you were doing and realize later oh wow this is a process i went through i really should share this with others in all honesty t i think awakening found me and I would love to say that it was like a brainstorming session and I really lived these principles and then they come up. The truth is that I decided to hold a workshop and I was in love with awakening. I love the word acronym and I needed to create a course around it. And then I thought, okay, on a tissue paper with a couple of friends in on in Starbucks, we said, okay, what do we do? <laughs> Awake acronym and just and just the words just flew like just just came through me and and only when i started delivering the awakening for after 3 years of consistently de- uh, delivering the course the material fine tuned and the case studies i spent like 5800 hours worth of of session time um before i put that in this book so okay. so it's not so it's not some ideas or concept it's real life real work oh first ask quality question use that on the client use this refine my question and then put it in the book if that makes sense so by the time by the time the book came through i had already um mastered if if i can use that expression the the principles not only in my life but thousands of people who come through the awakening and experience the awakening Well, and that's what's so great about this. It's because it's been proven. It's not just my experience. This is what I did, and so I'm writing it down for everybody else to try. You've actually done a clinical trial, if you will, on thousands of people, 
and seeing that this process does indeed work. That's what's really mm-hmm. fascinating that, you know, because sometimes people just write their experiences and, you know, knowledge is experience and we, we tend to write it down, but we don't necessarily, we cannot concretely say, yes, this will work for everyone and not everything does. However, within the principles that are in the book and the processes that people go through, it makes a whole lot of sense and where you've done it for thousands, it's been proven. Mm. So that, that yeah. really is remarkable. That's remarkable. Mm. Thank you. No, you're welcome. The, um, I'd like to know if we could go through the acronyms because there are nine of them, and I think that you know people are interested in knowing, well, what is this you're talking about, these acronyms in this process, and maybe discuss a little bit about each one and how they, they work and what it means to go through. Uh, is that okay? One, yeah, 100%. Okay, great. All right, good. So the so, first one is ask quality questions. Yes. Ask quality questions is one of the foundation principles that that's why they come first is because everything starts with a question. The, the, the most amazing amounts of discoveries are made through question, law of gravity. When the apple fell down, Newton said, oh, I wonder why it fell. So we say question everything. And the true awakening happens when we begin to question the pointlessness of our actions. Why am I doing this? For what purpose this is happening? And a question, it is said, the, a question empowers and the answer disempowers. And your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask yourself and other people. Most of us are asking the wrong question. We're saying, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why me? And that that gives us reason why life is not working for them. And we say, when you change the quality of your question, and instead of asking why question, we move to how question. How can I get that job? How can I earn more money? Then your mind starts to work to find the answers. So it's basically harnessing the power of the mind which loves to find answers. Sure, it's like a computer program. You're kind of changing the neural pathways instead of saying why and trying to figure something out that could be you know, complicated. You say, how am I going to do this? It kind of puts a different spin on it so that you exactly. can get to where you need to be without having to know really why. Do you really need to know why? Sometimes you don't. Yeah, sometimes you don't. It's it's a reference to context. When when you are kind of finding your purpose, then yes, the why questions are relevant. But when you are contemplating on your failures and contemplating why life sucks, then it's time to change the question. You know, I love one of the uh, quotes that said that if war is the answer, you're asking the wrong question. Right. <laughs> I love that too, yes. Because <laughs> that should never be the answer. <laughs> exactly. So you change your question. You change your destiny in a, in essence. It's a matter of perspective and just shifting it. And, you know, we've talked about that a lot too, but you really get into it in the book. And some of the things are just, uh, you know, it, so, some of the things were kind of humorous. I know the story about the little girl asking her mother, why do you cut off the lobster tail, you know? And yeah. the mother says, oh, I don't know. This is the way my mother taught me. And so she asks the grandmother, and the grandmother says, I don't know. That's why, you know, that's how my mother taught me. And she finds the great-grandmother, and the great-grandmother says, I just cut it up that way to fit it in the pan. So, you know. Exactly. She said, don't tell me they're still doing it. My pan was too small. 
And one of my other favorite stories on on um, question is just just to because I feel it's very important is the the Buddhist where they in a monastery they used to meditate and the cat used yeah. to make noise whilst meditating. I don't know if you've heard that one. Yeah, and that was funny. To, yeah, and the the head monk said tie a cat, and every day they would tie a cat until one day the cat died and. And the monk went out and bought a cat and they started tying a cat every day. And then a few years later, the head monk died. And then the monks wrote a scripture of importance of tying a cat whilst meditating. Right. I mean, really, why? It was just because that particular cat was causing such a ruckus that they needed <laughs> to tie it up. <laughs> it, it was humorous. I liked that story. <laughs> but as you say in that chapter, when you ask the question, you will get an answer. Sometimes you just have to sit in stillness and listen. And sometimes if you really ask the question in earnest, it comes to you immediately. Do you find that to be true? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. What I also find to be find to be true is that truth sets you free, but at first it pisses you off. And so oh, yeah. most, <laughs> most of the time we want to know the answer, but when the answers come, it really upsets us. We're like, really? I don't want this. And and that's where the compassion comes in. That that's where you know the second principle comes in. That working on you. That yeah. where you, when you ask the question and the question comes, you have to be open enough to receive that answer and create those changes. And sometimes when you ask the question, if it's a yes or no, you know, the answer is going to be no. And you're right, it, it, it does piss you off because you're thinking, well, that's really not what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the yes, but I got the no. And then you try to figure out, but why no? At least that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to try to make it right. But, you know, when we get the answer from within, we're getting the correct answer and we're being guided toward what our true purpose is. So that's 100%. probably why the second principle, the working on you, is, is so important so that you can get to that place of acceptance and allowance and know that, okay, this is all right. And, and the the reason why work on you is one of the, I feel, is the most important principle is because society teaches us sometimes that when you think of you you're being selfish now when you when yeah. you talk about or when you're focusing on you don't be so selfish don't be so mean think about other people but the truth is that the people who are saying you're selfish what are they being now they're being right. they're being selfish too and no one is the keeper of your emotion and everybody is the creator of their own experience. One of my favorite stories on work on you, I don't know if you've read it, it's about that 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 guy who lives who lives in a village and he's really happy and wife is amazing and kids are amazing and everything's working for him. But his neighbor is jobless, broke, kids are really um mean and, and um really bad and they're always fighting with with the wife. And the man goes to the temple every day and prays for his neighbor. Every day he goes and prays for his neighbor. One day, the um, all the people overheard his conversation where the guy saying, Dear God, please um, help my neighbor find a job, get, make his business fly, get his kids to a nice school, make his relationship work, and make all his life to be of harmony. People, when they found out that this guy, is, they thought he's a saint because he's praying for his neighbor every day and they, they they grabbed him and said tell tell us why do you do that you are so amazing you're you're a saint and the the guy smiled and said please do not confuse my prayers as a prayer of 
of a saying. You see, my life is amazing, my wife is amazing, my kids are amazing, but my neighbor's life, my neighbor's life is not working. They constantly argue all night, so keep me awake. They they have don't they have no money, so the kids don't go to school. So they keep putting stuff on my garden, and now I'm in a in a court battle because of the fence issue, and because he has no money, he keeps throwing stuff at me. So I want to have a peaceful night. I want to have a beautiful garden. I want to to be in harmony. That's why I pray for my neighbor so I can have a great life. So it's almost and as though he's being selfish. <laughs> 100%. And that is so true, T, for everybody. Because when even when we're caring for people, I feel being being giving, giving is the most selfish act because the person who feels better is the giver you know when you do some an act of kindness for somebody you end up feeling sure. good about yourself because you're like oh my god i'm such a nice person and and the receiver is usually filled with guilt because they're not deserving issue has kicked in i shouldn't be taking so True. this this principle tells us that it's okay to be selfish it's okay to work on you and the more you work on you the better you can serve people Right, and that's because that. Yeah, you can't give what you don't have. That's right. You cannot give what you don't have. So you have to work on you in order to serve the other people, and you have to work on you first, or you're not good for anyone. So you can't give what you do not have. If you do, you need to be able to contain that and know what it is, so that you can put it out there, and then you get more. You actually get more. It just kind of perpetuates. Because when when I walked out on my marriage or when I when I took the divorce, that was the, the, the principle that I truly activated was this work on you because the decision I had to make was my kids having an unhappy divorced mother or an unhappy married mother and a happy divorced mother. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I and I picked for my kids to be a happy divorced mother instead of buying into the society's stigma in, in, in our culture or in my culture rather. There's, there's a lot of stigma around di- divorce and dishonor and bringing shame to the family. And, I, and, I, and people called me selfish and greedy and mean and that I, that I mm. dumped my family. And I was okay with it because I knew I was working on myself. I can't make anybody happy if I'm not happy. And a happy mother creates happy children. A confident mother creates confident children if if my self-esteem is low if my confidence low i can't raise confident kids yes and you have to be true to yourself and i feel working on you is the key principle it is and you have to be true to yourself and you need to the fact that you did that opened up your children's eyes or they would have been another generation of having to live unhappily probably following in your footsteps this way you were able to show them see if you come from your true self you can give more of your heart live from your heart and you'll have better relationships so they're learning that even though they're young and they may not understand it they will get that later so yes i agree with you i think that that was um that was key to do and it isn't selfish and it is it's too bad it is a stigma but it is such a stigma you know divorce uh but you did good so yay. <laughs> the third principle is awareness is the key. Proud to me this you should be. It, to me awareness is primary because if you don't have awareness you have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. If you are not aware, you can't be aware of yourself or anybody else 
you become one of those people that it almost is a sense of entitlement because it's all about you and you're not even aware of that because you're just going through the motions of what's good for me. How do you interpret the awareness? So just to keep our listeners up to speed here. Exactly how you said it. Your awareness defines your reality. And I usually say to people, what you don't know usually gets you killed. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's to have an inform, to make an informed decision to expand your awareness. And I don't know if you've read it, but there's a research that said that people who go into operation with information of what's exactly going to be happening with their body experience low levels of pain as compared to those people who have no clue what will happen in the operation and just go in blind. So they experience a lot more pain. And that's, I feel, the difference is awareness, where when where people are aware and they know what exactly they're going through, there's no fear. And pain is usually an indicator of fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, and I, sorry, yeah, and I think, you know, if 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 you... Start to reason with yourself, and you can come up with examples of um, different things as to you know why you're why you're seeing things the way you are. You'll understand that it's something within you. We're a reflection of everything that we see, and so we can be aware of why do you not like that in another person, or why do you like something in another person. Gives you the opportunity to go back to step two and work on yourself to either improve what it was you didn't like about the other person because it is within you and you don't want to have that or if you see something within another person and you're kind of jealous of it to put yourself in into the position of I want to be like that and start to work on it so it kind of takes you back to process number two would you agree with that 100 percent. and one of the beauty of the awareness I love what you said is is it expands people's point of view to be able to see things from different point of view and have an awareness around a situation and one of the famous stories is when there's a if you if you're going on a tube or a train and you see a guy who's reading a newspaper and his kids are screaming and shouting and disturbing the entire train and he's doing nothing your first reaction would be what what a what a bad dad or what how undisciplined kids the dad should be doing something to discipline these kids but if somebody whispers in your ears and say, you know what, their mom has just died and the guy is going to mm-hmm. the to the to see the mother and the children have no idea that mother has died and the, the father doesn't know how to convey this message to these children. And as soon as now your awareness is expanded around that situation, I bet we will start to feel empathy and compassion and we say, oh, poor kids, let them run, let them, there you go. We even give them toys to make them feel better, even though the mm-hmm. external event hasn't changed. But our awareness of that event has created a different emotion and feeling inside us and that's what why awareness is the key anytime you feel stuck or feel angry or feel upset at a situation ask quality question because quality question and awareness go hand in hand because when if you want to expand your awareness you gotta ask the question quality question what is it that i'm missing in this situation how can i how can i learn from this or what can I see? So when you ask the question, it expands your awareness. And even if you don't ask the question and you just are aware that, okay, the gentleman is reading a newspaper and the kids are wreaking havoc all over the train. I see that. But you know what? I don't know what's going on in their little world. It could be something horrible and I don't need to know, so I need to cut them slack. 
and just have the awareness that you have no idea what's happening in somebody else's world and you don't need to take that on. It's none of your business. You don't need to know. You just need to know that something could have happened and God bless and hope that they get through whatever it is because there's a reason it's happening. You just don't happen to know what it is. And sometimes that awareness needs to come out even more because we need to cut people slack. We need to be able to say, you know, who knows what kind of news anybody gets when you wake up in the morning. Life can change from the moment you step out of bed and before you get into the shower. Many things can happen. You have no idea what's going on in someone else's world. We, we drive by houses and we think, oh, you know, those are beautiful homes. Those people are lucky and they have it all. And you don't know what's going on behind somebody's closed doors. And you don't need to know it all, but you need to know that you've got to cut people slack because everybody's got some kind of baggage they're bringing into the day and some people handle it better than others and some people don't. So you just have to kind of put out the love and say, I'm cutting them slack and so be it. God bless and move on. That's kind of how I look at at that. Much better because I say to people, I'm a researcher of human behavior. I hack into people's lives for a living. So my story was my story, finding out what's happening really between these people. So that was kind of my expanding. But I, I totally agree with you. Spot on. I don't know and I don't need to know, but I know enough not to judge them. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well put. Yes. Now, the fourth principle is knowing versus owning. There you go. (laughs) These all flow beautifully into one another, by the way. The book flows very well. Thank you for that. Um, uh, the knowing versus only came about when I was delivering training um, at the awakening and so many people came into my room they're like yeah I've done this course I've done that course I know this I know that and I thought you know what the most three dangerous words I can say or anybody can say to themselves is I know that because the second you say I know that you're actually capping your your experience of learning and it's so many of us who are in this world, like personal development world, we go to seminars, we take notes, that's a nice line, that's a nice chunk, and then we go and put it on our shelf, and it becomes shelf development, you know, instead mm-hmm. of self-development. <laughs> Knowing versus owning says, don't just know the path, own the path, live the path, become the living embodiment of your of your, of your your beliefs, instead of and and the, this principle, the really it was born when I put a limitation on myself because when I became a perpetual student, I was going on courses after courses after courses. I was having like certificates. I spent £45,000 on my education, but my real life wasn't changing. My external world wasn't changing. That's when I realized I know everything, but I haven't owned it yet. So I decided not to enroll in any other course unless I'm living what I believe in. And that was a game changer for me. This principle was actually a game changer for me when I decided to own my material and live my material 24-7 instead of just, yeah, I know that book, I know that author, I know that theory. That's yes, what you have to put it into practice. You have to because you can you can spend a weekend and, and thousands of dollars on, on these certificates and courses, but if you're not practicing it, what good did it do you? Absolutely none. You know, it was just the the energy in the room that gave you the momentum and the motivation at that time. But then you go home and you're right. It's 
you know, it's not self-help, it's shelf-help. And it's there, but you don't remember everything. You have to put it into practice. So many times people will go to something and come out and say, oh, this is great. They'll buy the DVDs or the CDs or the books. They'll, and they go home and it's in the bag. It's still in the bag somewhere in the house and it's not being utilized at all and the principles aren't being utilized. And it's a shame. It really is. It's, it's a, and it's a form of self-sabotage, actually, because if you have all these tools in your toolbox but you're not using them, you know, then what? You know, it's like a carpenter having all these tools and not practicing woodworking. You're not a carpenter. You know, you're not helping yourself because you're not using the tools. 100%. Yep. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the fifth principle, which is energy is everything. And, oh, absolutely, this is... Well, this is Energy Awareness Radio, so we talk about this all the time. <laughs> but energy, absolutely everything is energy. And I, I can't stress enough to people that every single thought is energy and it's already being put into motion the moment that you think the thought. It's already being put into motion. 100%. And that's 100%. And this is the principle that that helped me clear a lot of my emotional baggage when I stopped seeing my emotions as huge, intense guilt and shame and depression and anger and fear and just start seeing them as stagnated energy in my body, that it itself made a fundamental shift in my perception about myself. Then instead of going, oh, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I say, oh, wow, there's some stuck, stuck, stuck energy in my body. How can I shift it? That's what this principle is about. Start seeing energy into everything and learn how to access the information from that energy and use it the way you want to create the energetic experience in life. You know, and I think that I, I, I neglected to say that within each one of these these principles, there are daily practices that you can use, and there are also these divine magic statements that you have written within each one. And the practices, when someone goes through the book, as you read the book, you will see these practices that you can put into to place every day, and they're not difficult. It's just a case of really awareness to do them. But the divine magic statement for this one, that energy is everything, is I am a divine expression of God. All of life comes to me with ease and grace. Now, if you say that every day and you realize and you feel into it and you know that life comes to you with ease and grace, it does. When you just throw it out there and say, life comes to me with ease and grace and you keep going with your day, you're not putting the feeling into it. You need to put the feeling behind it because that's the energy that gives it the life. If you don't invoke that feeling, you're just saying words. Everything that manifests, manifests in, in its own time. However, when you put the feeling into it, it happens much faster. So to me, when, when going through the book, when reading it and everything, got to that divine magic statement, I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. All of life comes to me with ease and grace. Just after a couple of days, people would notice that their lives really start to get easier and things flow better for them if they do indeed say this in a way that really puts feeling into it from their heart center. Do you agree with that? 100% yeah. and what in my experience by the grace of God I see thousands of people and most of the time the reason why most people don't do these things or do these daily practices is because they feel it's too easy it can't be that easy like life has to be hard and complicated right. and, and rough at times there has to be some major process there has to be something 
epic for them to make that shift. And I say to them, no, not really. Energy is everything. You know, things you think about, you bring about. Energy follows thought. And I give them like simple steps, like divine magic statement, which is my way of infusing these these vibrational, because words are what? Vibrational codes. So the reason why I call them divine magic statement is because my intention behind co-creating these divine magic statements is to infuse the vibrational codes of these words in the person who's even perceiving these words. So, and it's so simple that people think, oh no, it can't be that, and they miss it. And I say to people, the hardest mm-hmm. part to understand in all of this is the simplicity of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just so, it, it, it is simple. Life is simple, but people make it hard. I've had people say to me, you know, oh, love is so hard. And it's like, no, it's not. Love is not hard. Life is not hard. It's what we do and how we, it's, it's the beliefs that we were given. And we bought into it because when you're born, you know that life is not hard and you know that love is not hard. But then parents and teachers and society in general and everything you go through proves to you because people say, oh, you know, this is hard or this is hard. If you just get into a place of gratitude and get into that place of accepting what's coming and being able to know that life flows to you with ease and grace, it will. And and life won't be hard. And and the Mm -hmm. key here, which I found, the key here is to unplug yourself from the mass collective conscious belief. Mm -hmm. Because if everything is energy, so the more people energizing the belief, the more people are plugging into that belief. And the second you become aware that you're actually, that's what happened with me when I, when the second I recognized, hang on, this belief about poverty or this belief about, about depression is not really my belief. It's, it's, in, it's in the system. And it becomes easier when you unplug yourself from the system and say, okay, I'm going to energize this thought form and start attracting like-minded people who together, I call it team awakening, together everyone achieves miracles. And I believe mm-hmm. we all are team awakening because we are we are expanding the mass collective consciousness by you doing this radio, hosting this radio show. Every week you are activating this principle and energizing this, this thought form for masses to unplug from the old paradigm and plug in to what you are offering them. I feel it's amazing, but I just wanted to say that for you, that you're doing an amazing job. Oh, well, thank you for that. I think your book is amazing. <laughs> Let's go to the sixth principle, no judgment. Yes. This is really, this is so clear. This is, again, this is easy. And the thing is that, you know, nobody's saying there isn't effort to be put forth. Effort is one thing, but when effort becomes struggle, that's where you got to draw the line. Nothing should be a struggle. When it's a struggle, you need to let go. When there's effort, effort is to do things with love because you want to for an end result. You need to put in effort, take action, and make the effort. Nobody's saying that you're just going to sit back and money's going to flow to you because you're not doing anything and you're watching TV and eating bonbons all day. That's not it. Do what you love and watch things grow. But when struggle comes into play, you're in the wrong place and you need to make some adjustments. Um, Judgment... Yeah, a judgment is, is, is really a struggle because you're judging yourself when you judge others. So when people think, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I don't judge myself. You do when you judge others. That's exactly what you're doing. You're truly not judging them. You are judging yourself because, again, you're a reflection of what you see in those other people and how you're judging. So that, to me, is, is one that I think people have great difficulty with. But sometimes I look at it and I think, I wonder why. Once you get that, you know, it should be easy to fix. 
it should be technically, but this, in 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 my opinion, this principle is is like a divine dichotomy. Like, in order to in order to define experience on of any event or on this earth plane, you gotta make it mean something. And when you make something mean, you're technically judging it. For example, I said to you two sentences ago that you're doing an amazing job. Technically, I'm judging this as an amazing amazing job. But on the other hand, mm-hmm. if I say something about somebody saying, oh, that, that was a horrible experience, I'm still judging it as a horrible experience. The key here is to, instead of using judgment, we use discernment, which means that we place, we place the meaning on an event. When it's expansive and it serves us, we judge it. When it's stagnating, as you rightly said, when it's struggling, when, when you're pushing against the grain, then we open ourselves up to question and say, wow, that is fascinating. That is intriguing. How interesting. Then we find the words of neutrality. Then you find our place, ourselves in a, in, in a vibrational frequency where we are open. Because what judgment does, it stagnates an experience. It, it labels it, de- defines it, and keeps it stuck. And the yeah. best way to move from that place is to stay open and say in wonderment, say, I wonder what this means. I wonder what makes me feel this way. And when you live in wonderment, you will keep flowing through life instead of being stagnated in judgment because you can't not judge with and without an experience if you want to have an experience on this earth, if, if I'm making any sense to you. Yes, and in your divine magic statement for this one is wonderful because it's I fully accept and approve of myself. So it clearly states right there that when you're judging someone else, you're judging yourself, you're you're taking it in. Now, Emmanuel Dagar was on the show probably two years ago, and he told me this formula that he has. When you are judging, you take judgment, subtract the comparison, because that's what you're doing, add discernment, and it equals appreciation. And not only can you appreciate the other person, but you're appreciating yourself. I thought that was beautiful. And you can also do comparison minus judgment plus discernment equals uh, appreciation. So it's a wonderful uh, 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 logistical formula to use. And I thought this is great. I love it. And I use it all the time because I think it's just wonderful. <laughs> it makes sense. I love judgment minus mm-hmm. comparison plus discernment equals appreciation. Correct. Or comparison minus judgment plus discernment equals appreciation. You can do it either way. <laughs> it's interchangeable, whatever it takes. Yeah, it was great. Emmanuel Dagar, kudos to him. Okay, the seventh principle, it takes one to see one. Go ahead with that one. So that is exa- it's, it's a follow-up from the no judgment one. It takes one to see mm-hmm. one sees. If you spot it, you got it. You can't, you can't see who you're not. If, if, some, if you say to somebody, you have an amazing heart, you won't know what an amazing heart if you don't have that quality or that vibration. On the other hand, if someone's horrible or whatever uh, you are judging them for, you don't know how it feels to be that unless you possess that quality. So it, it takes one to see one is really, really one of the most healing principles because once, once taken fully, Im- embodied it, it will dissolve all conflict because when we, when we recognize there's actually nobody else, we're living in a world of mirrors. Everything we see is just a reflection. And if we want to change our hairstyle, we don't change it in the mirror. We change it on us and the mirror reflects that change. And that's I love right. and that's what happens everything. Yeah. 
And I love what Wayne Dyer says about it. You know, he says, uh, when you change the way you look at things, things you look at change. And that's Absolutely. what sums, sums this principle mm-hmm. up, that takes one to see one. If you want, want to change something outside, change it within. And then we have the eighth principle, nothing is missing in this. This is something that people always feel, I'm not good enough, I can't do enough, I don't get enough. There always is something missing. And like you said, when I have a bigger house, I'll be happy. When I drive a Mercedes, I'll be happy. When I have this, I'll be happy. Nothing is missing. You are where you are, and you're meant to be where you are at that moment, and you are who you are at that moment. And this one I love because it flows so well into the ninth principle. But did you want to speak to this eighth principle, nothing is missing for a moment? Yeah, just quickly on, on nothing is missing. I just wanted to say a quick thing that every event that we have experienced, even good or bad, is there is a, there is a divine order in that chaos. And by recognizing this principles and activating that principle, saying everything is perfect, even my desire to make things perfect is perfect too. That is a is 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 an ultimate healing i feel a life story you can heal your entire life story by activating this principle and recognizing that each event that you experience in your life has led you to be this person absolutely and what i will tell people sometimes is you know what you actually are perfect in your imperfection which leads to the ninth principle that growth is inevitable because that's why we're here None of us are perfect, but we are perfect in our imperfection, and we're here to grow and learn. And the ninth principle is growth is inevitable. Yes, we're constantly growing. Like a, a rosebud turns into a rose, an acorn turns into a, a mighty, you know, a caterpillar, caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Same goes for human, that we, we move physically, we change, and we have to change mentally, emotionally, and grow spiritually as well. It all happens in alignment with each other and that's what this principle suggests that always strive to be the best version of you exactly and that divine statement is beautiful too all my needs and desires are fulfilled by the divine grace which leads to your conclusion living an awakened life which is living in awareness and doing all of these things and just being in the moment and seeing Mm. more than just yourself Yes, 100%. And recognizing that, that the real you is the real me. One of my favorite ways of being or, or, or addressing life is that what you allow for others, you allow for yourself. What you reject for others, you reject for yourself. So if I really, really want something in life, I start appreciating other people having the exact same thing because I know that that person is living through me, already have that experience um, I I already have that experience through that person. And the more I allow success or happiness or love in their life, the more I experience it in my life. And I love that about being in, living an awakened life. Yes, that's absolutely true. I think everybody, anybody who's experienced that knows that. And if you experience it once and you want it again, it becomes habitual because you can put into practice all these things and you will find that it just perpetuates and you end up living that way and it becomes rote. That's what's wonderful about your book is that the processes each go into each other. There are these divine magic statements that kind of wrap it up and you can just, you know, cut them out or write them down and post them somewhere, go through the practices. You will shift within 
reading the reading of this book. You have to. There's no way that you cannot. I cannot believe we're almost at the top of the hour, Sidra, but before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and your work and where they may purchase your book, The Awakening, Nine Principles for Finding the Courage to Change Your Life? Yes, sure. Um, they can get it from Amazon or local stores. Um, Amazon is the best place. It delivers everywhere. You can visit my website, um, sidrajaffreylive.com. I do Healing Thursdays online every Thursday. It's UK time, 7.30, which is, a, which is my gift to the consciousness of the planet, where people from all over the world, we come together on a webinar, and we facilitate personal transformation that creates global transformation. And uh, people can find it on my website, or they can Google me, Sidra Jaffrey, and they'll find all all the details about me, which way they can register for Healing Thursdays and Awakenings should they choose to fly to London. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much, Sidra, again, for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. I really appreciate your time and all the information and all the great work that you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It has been an absolute honor and pleasure of mine. Well, thank you. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live, productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the upcoming lineup for uh, future shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. There will be a, a Singing Bowl concert, Lakeside, with a Labyrinth Walk on Thursday evening, October 1st, I believe it is. That just got set up. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. I got a roof over my head I got a warm place to sleep So that's all I When I remember how
Thank you. 